This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hello, everyone. It's a smiling edition of Spits and Suds on 105.3 The Fan. I'm Gavin Spittle, joined by EP Ringside, Shap Shots, D Magazine, and the new book out, We Win Here, by Sean Shapiro. He is our NHL guru. And folks, we said after the post game the other night, while we were down, just like you, we did say it's okay. Because we still feel as though the Stars are the better team. And once again, it mimics that Minnesota Wild Series exactly like, and, and, and frankly, you know, the Stars didn't play well in the first game in Minnesota and then came back strong. And we saw that again tonight, first game against Seattle. A lot of people hit the panic button, but tonight the Stars were clearly the better team. How are you, Sean? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm, uh, I enjoyed this one. It was, uh, it was the thing that was one of the things I really liked about this game on a, on a leading into a part was I liked that a mirror Haitian was back. And then I also thought it was fitting that, uh, uh, Jared McCann came back too, who played his first game since the, uh, he had suffered the concussion against the Colorado series just as someone who is a just from a pure hockey fandom standpoint, you want to see the better. It's it's more fun to watch the better player, the best players on the ice. And so I, I liked coming into that, that there was obviously uh, Miro played the game with with the fishbowl look and everything like that. But overall, um, I liked coming into this one that we got both teams a little closer to full strength. And it was kind of fun to watch the uh I guess the chess match of things change if Dallas bounces back, how they go go about it, and uh, also uh, I write our last show was so much about how much they missed Miro, and he comes out and plays 31 minutes tonight. We saw that, but we also saw some other guys step up too. So good bounce back overall. Let's start with the news before the game: Yanni Hockenpah, healthy scratch for uh, the Stars. No, low, low, no? lower body, lower lower, lower body. body. Okay, okay, yeah. lower yeah. lower body. Lower uh, lower body injury for him, and then uh, Ty Delandre sick. Yep, and to compound that, Mason Marchment was injured during the game. Jamie Ben left for a period of time, so the stars were kind of banged up, but fought through it. Yeah, it's uh, it was because they had the there was a stretch of for basically because Marchment only played something like two two and a half minutes in the game or something like that so he was they were basically played this entire game with 11 forwards and ben had was getting stitched up or whatever it was and um i thought tonight i think there was there's two things that really responded well um a there was i think the overall line mixing um 
I think th- thought the team adjusted well to it by having 11 forwards and having Ben miss some time. There was some more variety in combinations at it by just by, by necessity. Right. And I thought the stars adjusted well to that. That's something that sometimes we've talked about. This team gets stuck in its ways on things. And I thought the players adjusted well to that. I thought that was good. And then the other thing, and the other big one, just adjustment wise to me, um, Hockenbach comes out of the lineup and I, uh, and Joel Hanley comes in and Thomas Harley really, I, Thomas Harley has been very good to us. We've yeah. talked about him. Like he's been good throughout the playoffs and everything like that, but I felt he took another step tonight, even, yep. even before he scored the goal in the second period, I thought he took another step tonight. And I honestly, I think Joel Hanley is the perfect partner for Thomas Harley because they both have, um, they, they, they fit so well together. It's Joel Hanley is a zero sum hockey player. And I want to say that, and I want to say that that's a very good thing. Actually, Joel Hanley is the guy who in the 10, 12, 13 minutes, he's going to play in a game. He's going to keep it so that the, that his game, his part of the game is zero, zero. If and he's, he's going to play that game and, He's a deferrer. He's going to be, he's going to defer to his partner. He's going to play smart. Joel, that, that's that's what Hanley is. Thomas Harley has some healthy ego. He's got some cockiness. And I want to see, I want to see him continue to thrive on that. We and I, I hope the goal tonight just drives that ego a little bit. I hope I hope that pushes him a little bit more tonight. But I think playing with a guy like Hanley is great for Harley because it gives Harley the uh it gives Harley kind of the freedom to, to push and to go and, and, and make that. Uh, it, it just, al- it just allows Harley to kind of be his own, not his own person, but to, to really just have the freedom to, to be the guy. And I think when playing with some of the other pairing guys, he doesn't really feel that freedom. I think Hanley gives him that. So full credit to Harley, but I think him and Han- I think Hanley Harley and obviously the names fit well together is, is it's a really good, it's a good fit. So what do you do if Hockenpah is ready to go for the next game? Um, that's a really good question. Um, and even though I mean Hockenpah, he scored in the, he scored in the last game. Um, I, I, I look at it with, I may not change. I may, I may, especially if it's lower body and not, yeah. not, not knowing full details. I may be in the spot where I stick with this defensive alignment and kind of kick that decision down another day because um, I looked this up before the game when Joel Hanley plays, it's, he's, it's not obviously the, he, he's not driving the play one way or the other, but he's not making mistakes He's not on the negative side of things. Like tonight was his twenty-fourth uh, uh, career NHL playoff game for for Joel Hanley. He was plus two tonight. He's only had one, and I know I know plus minus isn't the greatest stat in the world, but in his twenty-four career NHL playoff games, Joel Hanley only has one minus game. So you know that when he plays, he's going to give you. He's go. You're not going to lose the minutes he's out there and. I feel like as you go back for game six, I don't see how you take him out and I don't see how you disrupt the Hanley Harley Harley pairing personally. I agree. Uh, and I agree with you on Harley. 
just the calmness too, Sean. It was very, you know, I don't want to compare him to Miro, but it was Miro-like in that, yeah. you know, he just moved the puck specifically out of his zone with such a calmness and always head up and always looking for that stretch pass or that pass to get out of the zone. It, it really is amazing when I look at his development compared to when he was up with the Stars uh, prior to this year. It, it's, it's truly amazing. I mean, looking back, what a great job with the Texas Stars organization, Sean, and and putting him as the number one D-man, gaining his confidence down there. Um, he, he was around some veterans. I just I, I look at it and I was like, wow, this is a, such a different player than what we saw the first time around in Dallas. And he was he got the time he got to spend with the Texas Stars. He was the man. He was the guy. He was the one who got to play in all situations. He got to be no one was uh, he, he got the chance to live and learn the responsibility of being of what it means to be number one. And obviously, as long as Miro is in Dallas, Miro will be number one. But you need a strong one B. And, and that's something where Harley is Harley is is this playoff run has shown us that going forward and he's already there, but he's the, going forward. You have the space where you're going to start now. They've been to be, to be fair, right? They've been careful about, about his minutes. They're not overly ramping his minutes up yet. That's probably still a next season project. I mean, he was only at 1341 and everything like that, but he's playing like a top four guy. And, they're uh, the kind of on the job training and learning that he's learning in the playoffs right now. It's like, this is stars are in a really good spot right now. And I think long-term Harley is Harley's moving forward in a good, in a good way too. This is such a fascinating playoffs with all the, the kind of the blowouts we've been seeing. Oh in yeah. These rounds. Yeah, yeah. It is fascinating to, to, to watch. And one of the big things after the last game, a lot of people were wondering about Jake Ottinger. I was trying to calm the people down around me saying Jake is amazing at bounce back games. But I, I think too, you can't hit the panic button with, you know, an elite goaltender. And he really did specifically in the first period when the game wasn't out of hand, I thought Jake made some terrific saves. You could tell early that his positioning, his calmness, you know, he was on his game. Yeah, he was, uh, he's got a, the, the save percentage tonight is going to be, it kind of, is kind of misleading. Um, he only faced 19 shots, so the, the 842 save percentages is a bit misleading. Um, shot through a six on five goal on a shot through traffic. Um, the thing that I really liked most about Ottinger, and it, it kind of it, it's his mental approach and the psyche he brings to the game. It, it, it's it, there's not enough sample size yet to put him in the Andre Vasilevsky class because I, I don't, it's not fair to anyone. But Andre right. Vasilevsky has this has this aura about him, right? Where Andre Vasilevsky, um, close out Andre Vasilevsky's unbeatable, um, bounce back Andre Vasilevsky's unbeatable when the game is going the other way in the first period. And he only faces three to four shots, but their breakaways Vasilevsky's locked in. And we're starting to see a bit of the, the framework of that for Ottinger and he's with what he's done so far, you can't say anything else about him. Like he, I thought his save selection and his, his approach in the first period was great. I thought that to me, that was one of the most impressive parts where 
uh, in the first period when there weren't a lot of shots and um, I compared it to like, I wrote this in my over at Shop Shots where um, for anyone who is a, who's a golfer who like you, you go out and you play and the course is, the course is overly booked that day and you have, I don't know, you've and it's and you got to wait like six or seven minutes between shots just because they've overbooked the course. That's what it's like sometimes being a goalie when you're not facing many, when you're not facing many shots, it's hard to get in the rhythm and the way, and that's in the way Ottinger handled those moments and can stay dialed in. That to me was incredibly impressive. And honestly, we saw last round, we saw what closeout Jake Ottinger looks like now. So we saw a bounce back Ottinger tonight and now the stars get a chance for game. He's going to go into closeout mode in game five and six and, that's a scary proposition for Seattle, especially after Grubauer looked incredibly shaky tonight. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move to the Seattle side. What did you see from the differences between the last game and, you know, this game? From my perspective, Sean, it seems as though, you know, when the Stars exert some physicality towards Seattle, I think it really throws Seattle off. And I don't want to get like simplistic, but at the same time, I I just, you know, I feel that way. Like the stars are almost playing the Seattle game as far as, um, you know, pressing in their defensive zone. And I could see early that the ice was starting to open up. And I felt as though, you know, I was texting a buddy of mine and I was saying, you know, that ice is opening up. This is pro stars. Yeah. And the the other the thing that the stars did tonight was it wasn't like I like their physicality across the game overall, but I thought the thing they really did in game four that they did not do in game three is they got physical in the right areas. They went through, they got to they got to the front of the net. They um, they pounced on pucks in those areas, and I think there was just more of a. I don't know. It was more of a refined focus. It seemed like on, on playing, on playing the physical game in the right place. And I think that's what Dallas needs to continue to do. There's times where sometimes um, there's just physicality for the sake of being physical. And I think that doesn't work for the stars. It's, it has to come with, you have to, you have to work harder and smarter at the same time. And I think they did that. And I thought tonight coming, there was a big, like with Seattle, right? You, they, they come, they come, they came into the game, and 
it seemed like they didn't really for what it, it's the first time I've really seen them out of sorts to start a game this series. You know what I mean? Yep. Like it, it's like I and I'm not sure whether that's a Seattle thing or something Dallas did, but for for whatever reason in the first period, Seattle didn't like the nor- didn't look like the normal Kraken team that we've seen and I, I think it's part of that can be credit to Dallas, but then also part of that can be on Seattle too, where you can definitely expect a better start in game five. But that was honestly surprising because this was a, this should have been a quote unquote blood in the water game for Seattle. That's what this should have been. This should have been, you're up to you're you're up, you're up two to one. You get a chance to go up three, one at home this should have been that type of game for Seattle and they didn't treat it that way. And, uh, or at least their play in the first period didn't treat it that way. So that was, that was surprising to me. So one of the moments in the game that I thought was special that won't necessarily show up on the score sheet was Seattle goes on the power play stars, clear the puck Radic Foxa has the puck rather than just dump it in and make the line change. He gets aggressive and mm-hmm. moves towards Grubauer in the net catches a slash which breaks the stick that makes it a four on four i thought that was a massive play early to quiet the seattle power play kind of quiet down the fans and the stars ended up scoring when they had the power play uh you're talking about quieting down fans i mean radic foxa has quieted down fans in seattle and then he's also quieted down some some fans on twitter who have have clamored for for his head basic his proverbial head with how quiet with his play. Down, yeah he's been he's been he's been he's been he's been uh he's been he's good been, he's been good and you know uh, his size really plays a key role when it comes to playoffs yeah just the there's little things with Roddick that uh with foxa where you're you're seeing like like that play you mentioned he, he dips the shoulder going in there's little things where i'm not sure whether it's what what about playoff time it is or whatever but it's like there's little things you're like okay he he's realizing some of the tools he has and why is why was he not like you're like okay this is the tools you have use them that's great let's see more of this like so it's 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 funny to see but like that that play you're right first period forces the four on four that's that's huge because that 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 changes some things and then sets up the 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 ben power play goal later where you talk about you talk about just transition through the zone, rope, rope hints with, oh. with, with speed, and and then kind of vintage Jamie Bengal with the yeah. uh, with the, the dragon, the dragon rip to the top corner. Yeah, it was it was definitely special. The other big goal involving Jamie Ben was quote unquote was it goaltender interference or not when Max Domi scored, and I kind of knew right away that and I understand why Toronto wanted to take a long look at this, but here's what I saw was that Grubauer clearly was out of the crease. The other thing was, I, I think if I'm Toronto, I'm looking at that and I'm saying offensive player is clearly making an effort to stay out of the way of the goaltender. And not only was that was a light cross check, but was cross checked into Grubauer. So I thought it was an interesting, you know, call or no call. I had it as a goal the whole way. What did you see? I thought it was a goal. Um, I thought for me, Grubauer lost the benefit of the doubt when he overly tried to sell initial space 
manipulation. Uh, the first time Ben came through, Grubauer kind of almost he he, he basically jumped three feet yeah. to his right to to sell it, and that's one of the reasons he was out of position and couldn't make the save. But it was a clear sell job, and to me, that's when Grubauer lost the benefit of the doubt. If he doesn't make that jump across, and him and Ben get tangled up, and then maybe I see goalie interference. But when he does that and he basically on his own accord stops playing his position and starts trying to sell. That's when he loses all benefit of the doubt for me. I thought it was a good call. I thought it was a goal. Um, I, uh, I, I, it's funny. I actually, I normally, I normally on this, on this podcast, I've talked before how I get frustrated when rules analysts don't give opinions. I actually thought the rules analyst on the broadcast actually did a good job of, of actually, arguing back and forth with Brian Boucher on this. So I actually got to, I got to take a quick tap to say, I, I I'm happy. I was happy to see some push on that to, for, for it to be a goal in, in that way. And so, but I thought it was the right call and um, clear and, and a good example of the stars being in on Grubauer's head right now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, so massive shout out to Spits and Suds listeners. Thank you so much. During the third period, I put out the the tweet saying, if you have any questions about today's game, comments about the Stars or the NHL, we're ready for you. 30 responses, Sean. So 30. Wow. <laughs> we'll be here till three in the morning. So <laughs> we'll, we'll run these real quick. But massive thanks to you guys. Stick tap to you, Spits and Suds listeners. Uh, truly, I, I love your passion. All right. Jack Walton uh, at Jack Walton says, how can Dallas get Robertson going? Something is off. What did you see out of Jason Robertson tonight? I mean, the one thing that I saw that was, uh, I saw a lot of things tonight, but one thing that was just like perfect encapsulation of how his playoffs is going about three forty-two left empty nets and he can't finish into the empty. Yeah. Net. And that is a perfect encapsulation of what's going on with Jason Robertson right now in the playoffs for whatever reason, um, like regular season, Jason Robertson pauses for two seconds, lets the defenseman overcommit and he shoots into the empty net. Yep. And he didn't do that. I mean, I, they, they put, they tried to put him back with Pavelski and hints tonight. I had a, I was texting with an NHL scout about this, uh, I guess technically yesterday since we're now after midnight, but uh, I was texting with him about it. And the idea that he threw out there was, and it wasn't, it wasn't a long, it wasn't the long-term solution. This, this scouts idea was what about starting Robertson on the fourth line 
the next game. Not not to keep him there permanently, but under the concept of put him put him in a spot with a uh, put him in a spot where he's playing with a Fox uh, and a Glenn Denning or a Fox and a Kiviranto where he is the offensive focal point completely and gets a little bit of the um uh for lack of a word the fire under his ass on it and 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 so that was the idea that i don't know if i would do that but it was at least an idea that an, uh, one nhl scout threw out to me when i texted with him the other day i mean it couldn't hurt because right now you're not getting much from him it's it's i mean he had the assist he had the assist tonight at at, on the power play, but at even strength, he's got, he's getting, he's getting triple up on points at even strength by Ryan Suter. And as much as Ryan's like, Ryan Suter has been actually pretty decent in these playoffs, but you can't have your guy who had 109 points in the regular season, have a third of the points that Ryan Suter has at even strength. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, Oh, my Jason Robertson moment was when the stars, when the Kraken were loose in their zone and the puck went to Robertson with a real clean look and he missed the net. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Right off of the, the Yanni uh, yes. board turnover, right? Yes, yes. absolutely. Like that was, that, yeah, I was, yeah. That one, I was, I was like, I get it. You're trying to pick the corner, but man, I was like, just hit the net at that point. So uh, non-denial denial, great Twitter user, Dave. How is mm-hmm. Jason Robertson still getting ice time? Well, clearly when you're, you know, the stars top three player during the regular season and, you know, what a season he had record breaking, you know, you got to keep him in the lineup if you want to keep advancing and uh, hopefully he'll get out of his slump. So at Texas hogs or at Tex hogs, who is the best stars player of all time and why who is the best stars player of all time and why is it max domi so <laughs> <laughs> well i mean tonight max domi certainly earned his stars place in uh history so to speak even though it's been a short history uh i probably like a late june question sean but boy that's going to be interesting if they can fit him under the cap um I don't. Yeah, I, we. We. I it's mean, that's, be tough. It, that's a late June conversation. Yeah. But I. I. Yeah. I. Yeah. That's that's a late June conversation. Uh, he was good. To give credit. Domi was good tonight. Uh, he's he's played well. Um, past couple games. I mean, he played well tonight. I didn't think he was good. I didn't think he was good in game three. So, but, but yeah. he was good. To, he was good tonight. Uh, but that that's a late June conversation about about Ma- about Max Domi. So <laughs> not an after midnight conversation no, that is for not, the no, post game. No, no. no. <laughs> All right, totally real in playoff. Brandon asks, what did Dallas do differently on the forecheck tonight that they weren't doing in the first three games? I thought in the game two they actually forechecked really hard and well. Yeah, I thought I thought they game two and four, um, and even to an extent game one after the periods two and three of game one as well um i this it comes down to the stars taking better routes on their forecheck comes down to them not getting overly sucked into um like when seattle's able like you you had a really good observation with this the other the other game gavin with those Seattle stretch passes to the, to the opposite blue line, right? Like, yep. I only I only saw two or three tonight from Seattle. Uh, what, that's a really good indicator of 
how the stars forecheck is running. If Seattle is attempting and connecting on those stretch passes, they're seeing, they're seeing the holes and the stars are taking those away. Like that's a kind of a good, if you're watching at home, if you're seeing Seattle continuously um, attempting those stretch passes and connecting them, there's a hole in the stars forecheck and the neutral zone forecheck. If they're not like tonight, the stars are following their routes better. Yeah. Um, they're doing a better job of it's a lot of the stars forecheck is kind of it's so the, the stars basically run a like the stars, the stars forecheck. It's, it starts with the, the point of the spear and everything like that. The first guy. And then the second guy, the second forward on the forecheck, their job is really to allow the first, the first player to be a little bit more controlled chaos. And so it's, I thought, I think the star's second forward in on the four check has been a lot better in game two and four. It was really bad in game three. It was horrible yeah. in game three, but it was real. It was a lot better tonight. And actually Seattle tried some of those stretch passes and it resulted in several icing calls. Yeah. Um, speaking of icing, man, first period, a few minutes in, uh, Hanley uh, came close to the line, but clearly wasn't on the line and just dumped it in. And they called icing. I'm like, wow. I was like, yeah. you know, usually there's a little give on that call, but uh, that was a, that was a, I, so I was saying to myself as they took the draw and luckily the stars, as they did, you know, as they have continued to do won the face off. And that's really the story of one of the many stories of the Stars' season is, is how good they are on the draw. But I was like, wow, if this results in a goal, that's, that's something that hopefully the announcers talk about because I'm going to talk about it. Uh, all right. At Brian brought us kudos. He's our afternoon host. Uh, love the man. And uh, congratulations. His Love of the Star podcast just went over a million downloads. Uh, we're catching up to you, Brian. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> Did Domi give the Stars a little jump tonight, Sean? I think so. I, I, I think, I think he did. Um, he, uh, there's little plays that, uh, like the, the goal, the play to set up the Harley goal. There's those little plays in transition that, um, Max Domi really brings. And there's some players on this, this lineup, there's some, some players in this lineup aren't able to make that play. And so that was definitely, there's definitely some jump from Domi tonight. Um, the I I like as as far as his uh, I, I like how we were seeing Domi shoot more now too. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think that's something where he, I mean he only had two shots. He he scored on both his shots tonight, so it's 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 easy to it's easy to praise two shots when you have them. But like I do think in general we have seen a little bit more of a willingness to pull the trigger. Um, and I like that. And I think that's open. His willingness to pull the trigger is opening up more of his passing game and vice versa. I wanted to ask you real quick, and then we'll get back to the Twitter mm -hmm. questions. Yeah. How valuable do you think Yanni Gord is? I just feel as though he brings so much energy to that Kraken team. He's great on that. That third line to me in this series is the best line for Seattle. Well, I got I mean, I got to give credit to Yanni Gord where I, not I didn't I didn't think he was I didn't have anything against him right but I, I I just thought he was more of a Antoine Roussel than no a, oh, okay no, <laughs> no no not like not like that no I I just thought he was more of a product of the Lightning I I, I thought he was going to be more like what we what we've seen with Blake Coleman in Calgary where it was someone who was really good in a supporting role in Tampa 
uh, on one of those teams. But if you took him somewhere else, I don't, I don't know if he'd have the type of success. And we've seen that kind of that play out with Blake Coleman in Calgary. And I thought that was going to be the case with, with Gord and full credit to him. I mean, he's proven that's not the case at all. He's been just as good, if not better with Seattle playing in playing, playing in a, in a, in a slight, in a similar role that he was to Tampa, but a slightly different one at the same time. So, I mean, he is like, I, I, I got, I give him a lot of credit because he's, he's, a, he's a great story. A guy who spent a lot of time in the ECHL too, before he was, before he ever, before he ever really got going in the AHL. And, um, it's, uh, then he left Tampa and what he's, what he's done to me, what, what he's done in my, for me in my brain with Seattle the past two years is, is he is even more impressive because I was, I always wondered, was he just a product of playing in the right system and being the energy? It's easy to be the energy guy when all you have to do is follow up Stamkos and Kucherov and Hedman and everything like that. And now he's, he's proven time and time again with Seattle the past two years that he's, he's more than that. And that's impressive to me. All right, Carter Freeman asked, should I wear my Ben sweater to work tomorrow? Absolutely. All Stars fans should be wearing sweaters tomorrow. Huge win tonight. At CDE Hard, Christopher DeHard, uh, that's D-E-H-A-R-D-E, if you want to look him up on Twitter, and here's why. Hey, newish hockey fan here, so take this question with a grain of salt. We actually do not take questions with a grain of salt. Your question is valid and truly appreciate you learning the great game of hockey. Does Dallas lack consistency in the first part of these playoff rounds with how these games go back and forth? Is that a cause for concern if they advance to the Western Conference Finals or am I off in my thinking? I just think we're seeing in all of these series, Sean, a lot of back and forth. I don't think it's lack of consistency. Is this going to be the new trend in hockey, I guess, would be a question. So, I mean, I think I don't think it's a grain of salt question at all because it's becoming the norm in this second round. Well, it's I mean, it's the road teams have been much better than like overall road road teams have ever having much more success than they ever had before. And that's not just in this round. That's not just in this series. That's in, that's in, that's in every series right now. I mean, the only series where like, I mean, Florida was on Florida was on the road when they won both in, in, in against Toronto just to help to go up two Oh, before they went up three Oh in that series. So I, I don't, I, I I'm not, I mean, whoever the stars, play, if the stars win this series, both Vegas and Edmonton have dealt with something similar as well. So every it's happening to everyone. It's, 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 it really is. It's kind of wild, isn't it, Gavin? Like this round, there's been some blowouts and, and, but it's the fact that there's been the swings where it's like other, other than, other than the Toronto, other than the Toronto Florida series, you could make a case, like, I guess after, after what Carolina did to New Jersey going into tonight, you could have made the case that, any of the any of the uh, eight teams remaining could have advanced. Now it's really hard to make that case for New Jersey now after the Carolina game earlier. But coming into tonight, you're like, okay, I could see it. But out west, it's you could see any of the four teams still advancing. I still think Dallas is going to advance out of this series. But like, it's it's, it's I think it's more of a product of what the postseason is and how close the NHL is as a whole now, where it's. Um, it's not uh, the 
kind of the the differences between good and bad te- between the teams that, that make the playoffs now um it's so razor thin that this mm-hmm. stuff is this stuff is going to happen where you're going to have this and so there's a lot of fun series i totally yeah. agree with you uh at to bowser one where is robo we've talked about that tonight thank you so much for uh listening um uh, all right here's an interesting twitter username belfour's billion dollar bribe (laughs) (laughs) hanley has to stay in at this point right he and uh harley have looked great together much better than hockenpah and or miller so we kind of touched on that but uh Mm. and we did both agree that um don't change anything for the next game yeah, I would especially. I mean, you also have the luxury of if Hockenpah. I mean, I don't know what the injury is, and I don't know what it is. But if it's you talk about lower body and you talk about things like that, that's something that no matter what it is, a um, couple extra days to heal is never a bad thing. So I would definitely, I think you roll with what you have from tonight's game, and. You also do it from a bit of from a part of just smart long term thinking too. Where why would you try to push a banged up Yanni Hockenpah when you have something that's working with a healthy Joel Hanley? C Money R O F L says Domi has been on fire. A perfect fit for the Stars. Let's sign him long term. Uh, my man, Mister Money. That is a May. Uh, well, we're in May. That okay. is a late June, early July pre UFA. Uh, podcast that we will do i promise but uh good to see max domi it's always great to see players that you acquire at the trade deadline especially for players that you don't give up a first round pick uh performing well uh jordan harper big fan of spits and suds how you doing jordan did mason marchment leave the game for concussion protocol the broadcast has not brought it up i've not seen him on the ice so the update uh as of just a few minutes ago sean uh was there was no update on mason marchman yeah last i haven't seen anything and as we're recording this in the early hours of wednesday morning i've not seen any uh um i've I've not seen i've not seen an update on that um i would i don't like to i don't want to assume anything on head stuff but it was I, i saw an elbow to the head um i was actually surprised it was I saw an elbow to the head, so I would we know what it's related to. Um, so, but then again, as I said, it's a head thing. I would imagine it's a head thing, but we'll have to kind of wait to see what the briefing is when the team gets back to Dallas tomorrow. At Jason Rosenbaum, if you had to give our defense an overall letter grade, what would you give it with and without Miro? Ooh, wow, what a difference! Uh, <laughs> it's got to be at least a two-letter grade difference, right, John? Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a defense where we saw what they were last game without Miro. And that was, <laughs> they failed. That was, a, that was a failure. Last game was last game. Last game was a failure, but if you want to be kind, you could call it a, 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 a D or whatever. Um, I think, uh, I think with Miro, it's, 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 it's a B level defense in the NHL. Um, I think when Miro's on the ice, it's elite, but there's still, a couple things where there's a couple pieces and maybe you have that with Thomas Harley's growth. There's a couple pieces where from being a truly a level defense on a night to night basis, there's some steps you still have to take, but a B level defense can win a Stanley cup. So that's the most important thing right now. 
Yeah. Uh, at how or how at how way for how way. I just followed you back on Twitter. Didn't realize you were following me. Thank you so much, my friend. Is it time to move Robo down to a different line? We talked about that, how way. Yeah. And we both think that, yes, uh, probably at this point to get him going. And, and by the way, Jared McCann started for Seattle on the fourth line, quickly moved up. But uh, that was to yeah. start the game. Uh, all right. Uh, Rupert at uh, Odysseus1491. If you had to call up one forward from Cedar Park for game five, who would you choose? Um, well, <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I know you have guys sitting on the bench, right? You have, you have Victor Olofsson who's not yeah. there. And, and, um, but, but I mean, the one for me that would just be like intriguing would be, uh, and this is obviously pie in the sky and something that, that, that frankly won't, it won't happen. Right. Um, um, because you're, that's the, that's the reality of it. Um, but I, I would be interested in seeing a, a either a given a, a Maddie Blumel or a Maverick Bork. Yeah. A, ch- a chance because those are the guys who have some offensive it factor that I would like to, that I would like to, to, if you were going to call someone up, I would do that. Yeah. Um, there's no, no one else. I really, no one else really in Texas gives me the, they bring something that you don't already have sitting there on the bench with Frederick Olofsson, right. Uh, as a healthy scratch right now. Right. I, I completely agree with you. It would be fascinating to see one of those, especially Maverick Bork being such a hot prospect. Uh, uh, I'd be interested to see that. And I think we'll probably see that. Uh, we'll definitely see it in the preseason, but we might see it in the regular season yep. uh, next year. Uh, all right. At Tyler chase love. Thank you so much for your questions, by the way, if you're Jim nil this off season, what do you do regarding Domi uh, Donoff? <laughs> if you only resign one, who and why I love these June podcast questions. Do you try and resign both somehow, or do you look to free agency for another option? I, I really do think we have to see how this plays out, but I will say this Tyler, and we will do a podcast on this. So just make sure that, um, you, uh, have the automatic download set. Um, so every time a spits and suds comes down, you could listen to it. They're titled, uh, because we are going to do a deep dive on that. Uh, but I will say credit Jim nil, both have performed, uh, exceptionally well, uh, especially for what you had to give up. So, uh, stick tap to Jim nil, uh, and you know, two, two really, really solid, uh, trade deadline deals. Yeah. Um, dad and I, I wrote something about dad and I before a game for, um, for over at D magazine, he's been, I, I think we should just take a t- quick second, just like for a guy who came over that Mel more felt like the other guy in the trade as part of the addition by subtraction for Dennis Garyanov, what he's done has been really impressive. So. All right. They, uh, keep coming in and, uh, you know, here's the next one. It is uh, Brett. I won't say because it has a square in it. <laughs> I will say at DLGFTW. Listen, I know Seattle definitely carried the third, but Brian Boucher acted as if Dallas hadn't dominated their way to a five to one lead in the previous two periods. The ESPN broadcast is rough. Sean, I will admit I got a few texts on tonight's ESPN broadcast. Now, I try to be objective um, and I raise my hand and, and say that this program is not a cheerleader podcast. However, 
I did think tonight's broadcast leaned as far as chat regarding Seattle and not enough about the good things Dallas was doing. Yeah, I am. Um, like, especially no, in the yeah, third yeah, period. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. No, it was, uh, yeah, the way, because there's, there's a terminology that I just kept, I, I kept, like, that kept popping into my head every time they were talking about, like, because the score was, what was it, 5-1? It's 5-1 going into the third period, and Seattle scores to make it 5-2, and then they're like, I don't know, this could be the momentum swing that they go and everything like that. And it's like, so I kept in my head, I kept hearing the word score effects. Because so for people who don't know, score effects is the concept that when a team is trailing pretty heavily or a team has a large lead and the flow of play is going to be different. Um, that, that's why like the third period, like if you look at just the shot, if you, if you can't really look at the third period of this game in a vacuum because Dallas was up four goals, they were down a forward and there was essentially a bit of, nursing the lead and spreading minutes around a little bit and things along those lines. And I just felt there was a, there was a lack of awareness of that from the broadcast. It seemed very like trying to create drama over a game that really wasn't close. And, and, and on top of that, I I know the Seattle story is a great story and everything like that, but you don't need to, put more hot air into it just let it be the story it is and that just felt like it's like oh yeah them playing this way in the third period is going to be great. i didn't hear that and i didn't hear that when i i didn't hear the whole like i, I didn't hear the the, the broadcasters because it was a turner game right the yeah. game three like i didn't i didn't hear turner coming down for, to talk about yanni hockenpah's blast for the point as like that's the goal that is going to like motivate right. that the, the you know what now all of a sudden the stars are going to they're gonna all go home and use that 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 Yanni Hockenpah <laughs> that Yanni Hockenpah goal in the third period was the that was uh, that was that was the Ten Commandments moment of coming down from the mountain and setting the stage for everything because that's <laughs> like that's that's what it felt like yeah that, it that, did that was the storytelling it, no you're you're absolutely right uh, that's why I was so glad when Max Domi I'm like all right quiet down you know yeah, stars yeah. are gonna win this. Uh, all right. Uh, Moose asks, how much does Robo's lack of production in the playoffs affect any future contract considerations? Um, he's obviously a top tier player, but if you can't get it going in the playoffs, does it make sense to pay him top tier numbers? Just to let you know, Moose. And thank you so much for your Twitter question. Jason Robertson is signed for four more. Well, he's in the first of a four year contract, which pays him 7.75 million. And he is a 7.7, yeah, 7.75. And he's a restricted free agent after that. So Jason Robertson is with the stars for a long time to come. Uh, and Toddy Two Eyes, do you think I should grow my hair out like a young Steven Seagal? Uh, absolutely. I took a cricket outside at the beginning of this playoffs and I felt as though it made a difference. So if you feel as though growing your hair out different, right, Sean, you do yes. it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right, getting through these as quick as possible so Sean can go to bed. Uh, Green Bay of Texas, is there any chance we call up a big body like uh, Riley Tufty if Marchman is out for a game or two? I think that is certainly a possibility, but uh, I don't think we'll see him in action. What do you think? Um, 
I don't I don't think they will. I mean, we talked about a call up. Um, if Marchman is out, don't be surprised if we see. Now, I mentioned it before that I would prefer to call up a Maverick Bork or a uh, or, or uh, Matty Blumel, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see the call up of Riley Tufty again, just like they had Riley Tufty around practicing with the team for when when Joe Pavelski was out. So if Marchman's out, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get the recall. But I also, right now, you have you you have. Uh, I also don't think Ty Delandria is going to be. I don't yeah. think Ty Delandria is going to be out longer either. So Ty Delandria will just come back in. You'll move some things around that way. Um, it's 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 not as much about the size. It's about how you use size and speed. And like you talk about a big body. Riley Tufty, I, I get worried about Riley Tufty's speed against mm-hmm. against Seattle. So yeah, I I, I agree. Uh, let's see, uh, Davis Dunkelberger. What was seen in Game Two and Four that should continue in Game Five and Six? My opinion, Sean, is physicality. Yeah, physicality and just being smart with the, uh, um, and and being smart with where you're physical and and how Mm -hmm. and and, and how you bring that and then the other big thing too just to to carry over to continue on all this is the rest of the 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 defender the defenseman and the puck movement you just need to kind of look and and do more of that 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 to me is a big one all right uh mr 09 bray 74s billy do you keep hanley in and scratch hockenpah even if he's healthy uh, Sean and I both agree that that is likely the move if Hockenpah can, in fact, go. Uh, Joe at Z Wall 93, you have to keep this defense together now, right? I mean, we think so after tonight's game. Uh, let's see. K Twiz, thank you so much for supporting Spits and Suds. Can we sacrifice a chicken or a goat or a hockey stick to get Robo a goal? Not a bad idea. Sounds like a good 105 3 the fan bit. We won't do a chicken or a goat. Maybe we can do something with a stick. Uh, our friend brew boy Domi has had a great game. Absolutely. Aaron Thacker, the Thack man, how do his stars or a team in general reach consistency in the playoffs? My other question is what do you think the stars need to do to start out game five to keep consistency? So Sean, that is an interesting question by Aaron because it does seem at times and they, they had good legs to start the game, but you mentioned it several times. Seattle is one of the better teams as far as quick starts and Dallas struggles at times and has struggled for years in that category. They're coming back home. Crowd will be buzzing. Let's hope they can get off to a quick start. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's the age-old question. It's the Dallas Stars' age-old question. Can you start a game fast? And that's <laughs> – it goes beyond the series with Seattle. So <laughs> <laughs> can you can, – can you start a game fast? That's yeah. The game, so. <laughs> no, a- absolutely. All right. Uh, Spamuel Green, there's been decent coverage of hockey on the national broadcast. ESPN coverage does not seem to be great. We just touched on that, Sam. I know you all have talked about still learning from the Turner broadcast, but curious on ESPN because it's been all about Seattle and confusing viewers on interference. Uh, yeah. So... That big hit, someone texted me and said that clearly was interference. I didn't think ESPN, you know, 
they they announced the big hit, Sean, but they didn't really show me angles to deem if that was actually interference. Do you know what I'm talking about? That big hit to start the third period. Oh, the one on one on Hanley. Yeah, the one on Hanley. Yeah, um, I thought I the puck was in the general vicinity. Yeah, I didn't get a really good. I think I didn't get a good view of it. I mean, it was tonight was a weird. Brought um, on air talent aside. There were some weird uh, production decisions made with the broadcast tonight. There's yeah. a couple. There's a couple times where, um, I'd I'd almost have to be straining to find the play because they were there was some weird production decisions tonight with the broadcast. Yeah, yeah agreed. I thought Linda Mike's Linda Cohen's mic had to come up. Mm-hmm. I couldn't hear her at times with the crowd. So, but that's just the program director and me. <laughs> well, but no, but it's a good point. It's just like at the start, it was weird where like, it was almost like their timing was wrong. Like they went to like, uh, what are they? They went to that stand-up shot of uh, Boucher and Wachusen that started yes. the third, at the start of the third period yes. while, the, while the game's going on. That was like, fascinating. Where it's, right. like, it's like they're the stand-up shot and you can see on the video board behind them, the game's literally <laughs> starting and it's like, like, hey, like, what's going on here? So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, we're almost there, Sean. Uh, who is Mr. John Galt? If Marchman is out for game five or beyond, who else do we think subs in? We've answered that, but I did want to thank you for listening. Um, at Chris J NFL, did Dallas play not to lose on the third period or did the announcers make it seem closer than it was? I think that's probably a combination of both, but listen, yeah. when you're up by that much, you know, you are going to go into a more defensive shell. It was yeah. not a Rick bonus defensive shell, but it was a shell. Yeah. Uh, all right. MB Tendy. No question for me tonight. Just a kudos to you and Sean Shapiro on keeping this podcast going strong, even with these late games. Best pot out there for Stars content. Oh, you make me feel good, MB Tendy. You made my night. What do you think, Sean? Best podcast out there? I don't know. You do like five podcasts now. You're, you're like famous. and No, but this you, is the star. I mean, from, okay, from all right, Stars good. perspective, this okay, is the, right, yeah. good, good, this good. the best. This is the best you've got. From, all right, all right, all <laughs> let's right. pat ourselves on the back. I mean, if you want to, if, if you, I've, I've do some other stuff on that are outside of stars land, but from a, from, <laughs> from, from a star's perspective, you're not getting anything better than this, right? So absolutely <laughs> record breaking numbers in April. And we will continue that in May. <laughs> good point, Sean, uh, at CW Sneed 14, loving this Harley Hanley, uh, pairing. Can we expect to see them more and more as we get deeper into the playoff run? Well, we'll see, but, uh, Sean and I expect no changes in the next game. Uh, Nick Maroc, uh, Sean, you know, Nick Maroc, he's the bang guy at the game. Yep. The no, guy I'm with the bang uh, side. I'm aware of Nick. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, he's asking someone out and, uh, yes, she will go out with you, my friend, and she will have dinner with you. Uh, and finally, Sean, Michael Todd is Miro a better player than Luca because he scores and plays defense shots fired, but could be true. I don't, I mean, I don't, I mean, this is, I don't know. My NBA knowledge is in, on a passing level. I guess the, the, the question on that one becomes when it's Luca is considered a top, what top five player in, in the world, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think Miro at that, at this time right now is, 
he's a top five defenseman in the world, but he's not a top five player. And he's not, he's not and like, that's, that's just a reality of it. Like, uh, so if you're talking about one person who's in the category for the best basketball player, who's in top five basketball player on the planet and the other one's in the top five at their position, you have to add the caveat. That's the, uh, that's the, and I'm just saying that this is what I read about the NBA. I, I can't defend the, the NBA argument. I just, I don't, I'm not an NBA expert. So, but I, I, I can't at least properly place, I feel where Miro ranks in the world and he's one of the best defensemen in the world, but yeah, it's, you have it's to add a, the caveat. Right, right. Yeah, no doubt. No, no doubt. And thank goodness for full uh, shields over the face, which allowed him to uh, play and candidly played quite aggressive tonight, did not hold back. Miro had a terrific game. So here's the schedule for Spitz and Suds. Tomorrow, Craig Ludwig will join us and get his thoughts on the game. We'll get into some of the nuances. Uh, Sean, Craig did a great job talking about tipping and the art of using the stick and uh, how they do it as well as from a defenseman standpoint what can you do still to prevent that and what he did in the uh in the past just and he went into some stories it was uh it was great so craig will join us tomorrow to further talk about this game tonight and also to preview the next game which will be thursday in dallas and then after that game sean and i will be with you for another post game edition a game five edition of Spits and Suds. Heck of a podcast tonight, my man. You're a beast. It's fun. It always is. Thank you to everyone for listening. And uh, I know we, we have some fun. We pat ourselves on the back, but really to people who've been listening and um, and Gavin sends the numbers over each month to look at it. It's been, it's been kind of cool to see how many people have hopped on board and listened to this and you see the questions after the game tonight. So real, real seriously, thank you to everyone who's listening because this has been kind of uh this this has been one of those fun projects so thank you absolutely absolutely so for sean shapiro i'm gavin spittle and thanks to everyone as sean mentioned so download it favorite spread the word on social media that your dallas stars have a playoff podcast and we're giving you as much content as we can as the stars tie up the series at two and we will talk to you tomorrow or today whichever one Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know it's just so crazy it's just a few hours away we will talk to sean i mean sorry we'll talk to craig right here on (laughs) Spits and suds. Have a great day, everyone.